Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. In-depth coverage and timely analysis of macro and micro happenings in crypto and Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Insider. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of Thriller Insider. Today is November 16, 2020, and today we are talking a theory of hard digital assets. You know, there's been there's been a lot of times where I've held back on what I think are contrarian like beliefs, and I usually don't discuss them, uh, or I usually try to stray away from presenting them to y'all because I have a big fear of you know, of not only being wrong, but uh, also giving out wrong advice, right? That's my biggest fear is, is giving out wrong advice, uh, giving out advice that that I am not 100% sure on. This is one episode where I really like, you know, I really banged my head on for a really long time. Uh, I wanted to create this, this episode for the longest time, probably back in June, uh, you know, was when I wanted to create it. Um, but I feel like now, especially after going to this, uh, this Bitcoin maximalist conference <laughs> here in August, I really kind of saw what true value cryptocurrency really is. Um, and, and, and this is why I have, this is a running theory that I'm kind of going with right now. And I kind of, you know, I, I feel pretty strong about it. Uh, I feel pretty strong that this is how it's going to play out. Now, now, mind you, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a, there was a lot of information that I had to read and understand to really um, clue in on, on what it was that I wanted to say. Um, but having done all that, I'm ready to talk about it. Uh, this is going to be an episode where we're going to talk about one thing and I'm going to tell you why I think this is uh, a, a possible future for what hard digital assets can look like. And you're either going to agree with it or you're not. And that's totally cool with me. Uh, I should warn you, though, this is an episode for people that have already purchased Bitcoin, who have already, you know, gotten their Bitcoin <laughs> a bucket filled and they're they're sure that Bitcoin is going to be uh, their main source of income in the future, right? Like, yes, make sh- this is not an episode for, for people that are that have just signed up to the to the to the subscription. I would say if you're somebody who's been in the crypto space for less than a year, probably come back to this later because this this information will always be here. I would even say like if you don't have at least one Bitcoin already, <laughs> try to get more and then come back to this episode. But this is an episode that you should already feel confident in your Bitcoin stack. You shouldn't listen to this type of information because this could actually do a lot of damage. And I, I've seen it, you know, I've seen it done. I, I've seen people get hooked on these alternative cryptocurrencies. And then when they don't pan out, they're like, well, you know, so-and-so promised that they were going to hit the... Yeah, 
this is this is this is why I urge you to make sure go out there and do the research, get your Bitcoin stack looking tight, <laughs> make sure that you have enough uh, Bitcoin, and then come back to this. Right, this this episode will always be here, but no way, no how should you be listening to this episode if you don't have your Bitcoin stack fulfilled. So everything that I say after this intro is with the with the uh with the with the mind that already has bitcoin solidified as a stack this is for people that have already done all that and are looking for okay car give me your next give me your next thing now tell me tell me what you think is other values in the space and that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about that and primarily this is going to explain why i hold a lot of these cryptocurrencies because i always get People always ask, well, Car, why did you hold? Why do you hold that? Why do you hold that? Why do you hold that? And you know, I really don't get into it too often, but this is the first time we're actually going to get into why I hold those um, in, in my in my in my portfolio. Um, it's not a lot. Like there's these, and I've actually cut back on a lot of these that I'm going to talk about today. But the the reason I hold them is for 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 this, you know, primarily because I think this is a real thing. And I, the longer I stay in the space, the longer I'm convinced, right? Because I think after you have Bitcoin, you start looking at what else is out there. And I think a lot of the big bag holders of, of, of Bitcoin see that as well, too. Uh, I think it's I think it's a place you have to grow to. I don't think you necessarily can get there overnight. So that's why I say make sure you have your Bitcoin stack looking all right before listening to this episode. OK, with that, let's get into a theory of hard digital assets. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, I'm going to start off on the regulatory side because I, I feel like we need to understand this to kind of understand the, the broader picture, right? So as you know, SEC Chairman Jay Clayton will be stepping down at the end of the year. Uh, he, I wouldn't say he was the worst <laughs> SEC Chairman, but he wasn't the best either. And he wasn't doing us any favors, especially with an ETF. Um, he's kind of a sourpuss, you know, like he just is. Uh, we've had to cover them for what seems like forever. <laughs> and he's just, yeah, I mean, he's going to step down at the end of the year and I say good riddance. Like I, I don't, I, he didn't do anything for us, quite frankly. Um, he just, he just didn't do anything. Uh, he didn't like Bitcoin. He didn't like digital currency. Yeah. So with all that being said, there's going to be a new person that's going to kind of lead this transition team for, for Biden. President Biden, and his name is Gary Gensler. Um, he's a former chairman of the CFTC, surprisingly. <laughs> so he's going to be leading the financial regulation transition teams uh, as they move into 2021. What's surprising, though, he's not on team JP Morgan. He's on team <laughs> Goldman Sachs. <laughs> so, yeah, he comes from Goldman Sachs. He's an executive from Goldman Sachs. So you can understand kind of what his, his take for cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is going to be. Yeah, it's going to have a negative stance. So much so that he even said in an interview to the New York Times in 2018 
that he sees a strong case for Ripple and Ethereum becoming securities. So, yeah, it's kind of funny because the current <laughs> the current CFTC chairman, uh, Heath Tarbert, I believe, he totally doesn't agree with that. Uh, he believes on the XR, XRP part, but he doesn't believe on the Ethereum part. So that's kind of interesting. Okay, with all that being said, um, one more thing I want to bring up because this is pretty interesting. Um, so Digital Commodity Exchange Act of 2020 got, you know, got issued here on September 24th. Uh, it was from Michael Conaway. He's a representative for Texas 11th Congressional District. Um, and this was to provide a more orderly and secure digital commodity exchange markets and for other purposes that they were going to try to fit into the bill. Uh, it, has a, it probably has like a 2 or 3 or 4% chance of actually being passed. But if this were to pass, we were going to see some really cool things happen. Uh, and basically, it would have created a framework to regulate trading venues, which lists emerging digital commodities like Bitcoin, Ether, and their forks and other similar digital assets for public trading. Um, so it was going to give CFTC the complete oversight of, of these digital assets or what they're calling digital commodities. And one of the biggest things that a lot of people in this, in this industry is hoping from this Biden administration is an ETF, is a Bitcoin ETF. Um, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen anytime soon. And the reason I'm saying that is strictly because Every person, and, and this is not a knock <laughs> on our democracy as a country. This is just reality, right? Um, every person who's ever come into um, these regulatory agencies always stick with whoever, uh, wh whichever financial conglomerate they came from, right? Uh, so with this person, depending on who they pick, um, they're going to side with whichever conglomerate they came from, whether that's Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan. Uh, it looks like we're going to probably get somebody from Goldman Sachs. If that's the case, Goldman Sachs just barely this year <laughs> got on board with Bitcoin. Um, there's no way or that uh, <laughs> I call me crazy. I just don't think there's any way possible. Um, and I'm sure somebody will say car. It doesn't work like that, but seems like it does. Uh, I just don't think there's any way possible that, uh, a Goldman Sachs appointed uh, CFTC chairman or, you know, SEC chairman will pass an ETF if Goldman Sachs is not ready <laughs> to profit from it. And I'm saying I'm strictly saying that, you know, not to entice anybody, but, uh, you know, with that statement. But it, it, it's just facts. Right. We see it time and time again where you scratching one person's back helps your helps you because somebody's scratching your back. Um it happens time and time again. Uh, it's no coincidence. <laughs> we have the comptroller <laughs> of currency used to work at Coindesk, right? Or not, not Coindesk, I mean Coinbase. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's just how, it's just how that works there, unfortunately. Uh, so I don't, I don't necessarily think we're going to see an ETF until at least Goldman gets, gets ready for it. Uh, and they're like two or three years away from getting a Bitcoin trading desk and everything. I mean, we'll see, hopefully they speed it up. Anyways, so now all that being said, I want to talk about hard commodities, right? Because if you if you look in the world of commodities, like a lot a lot of y'all won't know this, but you know, commodities are just a basic good for for commerce. <laughs> or maybe you do know this, you know, and that and that includes grains, gold, beef, oil, natural gas. 
But as we move into this new digital age, because that's what post COVID is all about. Everybody's saying this new normal, this new age, um, this, this new era, right? Uh, responsibility of, of economic growth of everything. Well, there's going to start become there's going to start being digital commodities, right? And one of the biggest digital commodities out there right now is just data. Yeah, it's just it's just the entire world's just pr- producing data. Uh, the data economy uh, is creating this data society for a data age, right? For this digital age, and uh, the economy shows this. Well, right. And if you look at the, the if you look at the stock market right now, a lot of those very high end stocks are a lot of companies that hold large amounts of data. Right. Uh, and that's why they have people saying, like, you know, some of the best degrees to get are around, you know, data engineering or applied data science or, or you know, anything like that. Um, and so this is a start of what I think is going to be the next big, big age for, for, for digital assets. Um, now for the longest time, I've always believed Bitcoin was this, this digital native asset, right. That is strictly, uh, on the internet, uh, that it's where it's derived from, but it's hard as it's going to get right. It's, there's nothing harder than Bitcoin. Right. And, We've we've done all the work to understand that. <laughs> we've even created a Bitcoin audiobook around it. Um, there's nothing that represents true value in a digital form. There's nothing stronger than that than Bitcoin, right? Now, when you take off from this thesis alone, from from going down and understanding that true representation of digital value on the internet is Bitcoin. When you make that as your jumping off point, everything else makes sense. Okay. So now that we got that out of the way, now I want to talk about what other hard digital assets are out there. Let's do it. first thing we need to do is kind of understand digital scarcity, right? If you look at right now and I tell you, hey, what in the world is digital but also scarce? First thing you're going to think of is Bitcoin, right? I, I think as time moves on and, and we move into this future where everything is digital, where, you know, our work is digital, it's start, starting to become that, at least for me, <laughs> where I'm, I'm coming in, uh, working from my other office in, in, in my place. And it's just like, I never leave this desk. <laughs> a lot of y'all, you know, that I talk to on the podcast, digital 
right? It's, it's, we live in this digital world already as it is for people that clout chase and do all stuff on social media. Um, this digital, this discovering digital world that that's happening before us is, is going to continue on and it's going to not only be at a faster rate, but more and more people are going to realize that the digital world is 10 times more important than the real world. Uh, and, and, and quite frankly, a lot of us millennials right now, uh, you know, aren't, uh, aren't in the best position to own any true real world assets, right? Uh, you know, to, to the likes of what the boomers are holding right now, right? Unless it gets passed down to us or unless we see a great opportunity, <laughs> right? So a lot of the things that we're going to own uh, that's going to derive value for us in the future is, is going to have to be digital. It's going to have to be either you know, either Bitcoin or some other type of digital, uh, digital asset. Right. Uh, and so as time moves on, you're going to start seeing more things that are digital have more and more value. And you're kind of, and you kind of see that it's weird too, because if you, if you, if you look out now, there's a lot of people that are collecting Pokemon cards and those were really popular in the early two thousands. And now they're like worth a lot of money. And you kind of see that happen, right? In, in cycles, right? Where a lot of stuff that was cool in the nineties was popular in the two thousands vice versa. Now with what's going on present day with the Pokemon cards. And you kind of see that happen again. I think in the future, you're going to see that happening with digital, with digital items, right? Stuff like maybe even it's like crypto kitties or something, who knows, or whatever it is, it's going to be worth twice as much as it was back in the, back in the day, right? In the 2030s. And I, I think, I think what I'm seeing now is that I think in the future um, there isn't going to be that much digital scarcity. Um, if, if it is, if there is going to be some, it's going to be very little out there uh, for people to, to get a hold of. Right. And because I think, and I'm not trying to get into a debate about NFTs or anything like that, but I, I do think in the future, you know, let's say when Apple creates their Apple glasses or something and we have a hologram and we have an NFT that's attached to that hologram and we can see it with our Apple glasses and it just looks like a cool little hologram that we pull up from our phone and it's a digital scarce, you know, crypto kitty or whatever it is. Um, or it's a, it's a Pokemon card, but on a digital, you know, deck or something. I, I think at that point, people are going to start realizing how digital scarcity and how these digital items are going to look in the real world. And I think that's not going to happen, you know, hopefully by the end of the decade, I would hope, but might even take longer than that, but that's going to be a real thing. Um, and I think digital scarcity is going to be, uh, an even realer thing, you know, once we get to the 2030s, 2028, I think once Bitcoin becomes so mainstream that people will start looking at other assets as a way to get in on what people, and it happens every time uh, people like to think that there's going to be another Bitcoin or the, you know, what's, what's next, what's coming behind it. And in reality, there is another, there's not another Bitcoin. There's not a next one behind it. Bitcoin is Bitcoin because it has, it's so scarce and it's been around for such a long time and it holds its value. And the longer this continues on, the more, more value Bitcoin is going to be worth, right? I mean, it's just common sense stuff. I think in the future, when I look at these other digital hard assets, and I'm talking about scarce assets, um, I'm talking about the Ethereum's, I'm talking about the, the Bitcoin, I'm talking about Monero, I'm talking about Litecoin, I'm 
talking about Zcash. I'm talking about Decred. I'm talking about Dash. I'm talking about Bitcoin Cash. I'm talking about all these, all these um, digital assets, or what I would call them to be commodities, uh, digital commodities that are actually hard capped on a circulating supply, right? On a supply. Uh, so if you look at something like, let's take, for example, Litecoin, right? There is only ever going to be 84 million Litecoin. That's it. 84 million Litecoin, right? And right now people treat it like it's utter dog shit, right? And I get it. I totally get it. Like if I'm, if I'm holding Bitcoin, the last thing I want to do is uh, you pump up somebody else's bags holding Litecoin. I get it. I understand it. But if you're looking beyond five years and beyond 2028, when everybody has Bitcoin <laughs> and everybody's already bought in Bitcoin and Bitcoin's already at a million dollars, well, Litecoin starts looking pretty good. <laughs> you know, in that world where Bitcoin's already a million dollar per token and everybody who has Bitcoin has Bitcoin, Litecoin starts looking pretty good at 84 million circulating supply. That's all I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not trying to tell you that, you know, Litecoin's going to change the world or anything like that. But I'm telling you, in a world where digital assets, scarce digital assets at that, with a hard cap supply, um, are going to be worth, you know, they're, they're going to be worth a lot, Right. And if you look at something like Zcash, and yes, I know I know the problems with Zcash. We've done inside protocol on it, and I agree on mostly all of it, right? Uh, and then here just recently, they just had a fork, and quite frankly, yes, they allotted they allotted some um, you know some mining um, portions to go to um, their developers, and I get it. I totally understand it. It's not quite the same, right? It's not like Bitcoin because you might come from the Satoshi family, Satoshi Nakamoto tree, but it's not the same, right? For a lot of other reasons. Now, when you look at the circulating supply of, of Zcash, there is a hard cap in place, right? You know, there is going to be one, at least <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> if, if if Zuko sticks to it. I mean, if he sticks to the original plan, there will be a hard cap in place, right? Now, right now, there's currently 10 million, 10.4 million. Now, in a world where Zcash is one of the few cryptocurrencies that made it out of this decade, if it makes it out of this decade alive and it's still, you know, ticking, like it's always happened in the background. Well, it's going to be worth something. It's going to be worth something in a world where other digital hard assets that are scarce are worth something, right? And that's why I look at Zcash, right? Now we can, we're going to go down the line here. Ethereum is another one I want to talk about. Yes, I understand that the circulating supply is infinite, but with mechanisms in place like a burn, hopefully that gets implemented at some point. And with ETH2 and its, and its contracts and its deposit contract and how that's going to reduce the supply or at least control the circulating supply, Ethereum becomes another hard asset, you know, around 113 million Ether ever printed, right? Or ETH ever printed. At that point, Ethereum looks pretty good. 
especially if it has a lot of things built on top of it, right? If there's a lot of utility built on top of it, people are going to look at Ethereum as a commodity, right? Not only as, 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 as people look at data right now as a commodity, but they're going to look at Ethereum as a commodity. And quite frankly, that looks really good for Ethereum. You know, let's say it, let's say, you know, Ethereum never becomes this world computer, doesn't succeed with anything but smart contracts. In that world, it succeeds. And quite frankly, it becomes a hard digital asset that has value in the year 2028. Um, there's 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 gonna, there's going to be a world filled with fiat currency at that point. You got to imagine all these central banks are going to be making their fiat currencies here in the next few years. And everybody's going to have infinite supply of fiat currencies. <laughs> so the place they're going to want to run to is going to be Bitcoin and anything with a hard cap supply to hold their value. Yes, Ethereum has potential to be that. Will it overtake Bitcoin? No, it won't. <laughs> it doesn't have the strong uh, foundation that Bitcoin has. And it probably, frankly, might never, ever get there. But it does have a hard close to a hard cap supply, you know, and is it infinite? Yes, it is. But it is pretty close. It is pretty damn close <laughs> to controlling that circulating supply. And in a world where digital scarcity is real, that is going to be something that I am looking at. Now we're going to go down the line. Monero, same thing. Same thing with Monero. Monero might be a little bit more tricky because Yes, it has an infinite supply, but it might be tricky just because on the regulatory side, it might not even become a commodity at that point, but it will have value. It will have a tremendous amount of value in the future because it is doing things that other cryptocurrencies will not try to do, right? And that involves all, all sorts of masking, its address, and all sorts of privatized uh, options that has built into the protocol. Um, and so quite frankly, yes, Monero. Is, is one that I think is going to hold its value. The next one that a lot of people don't look at, and I am probably just too early on it, but that's fine. Rather be early than late is Decred. You know, Decred, it only has 12 million circulating supply. It's going to be hard capped at 21 million. Um, to me, this gets governance right that Bitcoin doesn't. Uh, to me, this makes more sense. Yes, it has a built-in... Um, Yes, it had a, it has a built-in mechanism for divvying out, um, you know, a certain amount of DCRs to its team so they can continue to work on it. Um, yes, it's kind of like Zcash in that way where its its governance is built around making sure the developers can keep developing, which I get. But with all that being said, is there is it is it a hard asset? Will it hold its value over time? We don't know. But if I'm looking at all the options out there and I see Decred, then I have to think in a world of fiat currency where everything is, you know, is worth, is fake, right? Because this is all fake. Like all the, all the central bank digital currencies that are, they're, they're going to be out there are going to be backed by nothing other than the full faith of that government uh, and that central bank. Uh, it's going it, to, there's no hard cap supply on that. You have to imagine that that's, that's going to be a world where it's going to be really tough to get any kind of, uh, hold any type of value. 
And so to me, DCR looks like one that could potentially hold that kind of value. And the last one I'm going to talk about, or the last two ones, or is, is Dash. And we all know Dash is already being used as a cryptocurrency. So I definitely see Dash making that jump. And that's, uh, and I believe Dash is hard capped as well too. Let me just double check. Yeah, it's hard capped at 18, 18 million, which is even better. Uh, yeah, so I definitely see Dash, no brainer. And you know, it's going to have value in the future. Uh, it's one of those old school cryptocurrencies that a lot of people just wish will go away, but it's just not going to happen. <laughs> and then the last one is Bitcoin Cash. Yes, and I hate saying this along with the rest of y'all. If 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 Ethereum and Litecoin gets its designation for a commodity here in the next couple of years, well, Bitcoin Cash is going to get one too. And then at that point, this has a hard cap supply at 21 million. And in a world where Bitcoin has already reached a million or even 2.5 million per token, you know, in that 2028 world or 2023 or 2030 world, people are going to look at Bitcoin Cash, you know, because by then it's already 11 years old. So that's what I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, there are some things that a lot of people in the space don't want you to know. And I get it and I totally understand it. Uh, but quite frankly, you know, we run our own shit here so we can we can say whatever we want. But I will tell you, though, in the future, if if these chains don't mess up and they don't um, I shouldn't say mess up. Let's say they don't have a catastrophic breakdown. <laughs> if these chains don't have a catastrophic breakdown. Well, in a world of fiat currency and million dollar bitcoins like what what other digital hard digital assets are going to be out there, you know, and and which are which are ones people are going to trust, right? Uh, quite frankly, people are going to look at Litecoin, people are going to look at Bitcoin Cash, people are going to look at Decred, people are going to look at Ethereum. Um, these all have hard cap supplies, right? Minus Ethereum, but do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like this is a scenario where in that world, in that 2030 world, in that 2028 world. It, you look like a genius holding <laughs> Litecoin from 10 years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you have to wrap your mind, you have to wrap your head around that. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. And I, I, I totally understand it. And that's why I said in the beginning, like, make sure you <laughs> have already bought your Bitcoin. Make sure you have already under, uh, you already understand why Bitcoin ha has its value. Like make sure all these things, because what I'm going to say is probably going to, upset you but my 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 thing is not to do that right you know my hope is for you to see that in the future these hard assets are going to have a, a are going to have a value and that's my theory is that i think in a world of million dollar bitcoins i think in a world of you know central bank digital currencies inflating the shit out of their digital currencies and have no backing whatsoever uh, I think in that world where, where Bitcoin succeeds, I think in that world, then why wouldn't you start looking at Litecoin as as a as a thing? Right. Because quite frankly, it's it's only going to you know be what is it? Seventy four million, I think it was or whatever. Eighty four million. It's only going to be eighty four million. Uh, it's been around uh, quite almost as long as Bitcoin. Um, it's it, don't get me wrong. It's nowhere near. <laughs> close to what Bitcoin is, but 
if it if it if it comes between holding Wells Fargo, <laughs> Wells Fargo digital dollar or Litecoin, uh, I'm taking Litecoin. <laughs> right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where to me, that's where that value comes from. And I could be wrong about all this. Right. But I really don't hear a lot of people talking like this in the space. I don't hear a lot of people discussing this in the space. I, I don't hear people looking towards the future uh, of, of what the crypto industry looks like. But me, I'm always looking towards the future. I'm always trying to figure out like what's next. And that's why a lot of these cryptocurrencies I hold. I, I, I hold a bag of Litecoin, of Ethereum. I don't have too much Monero, but hold a small bag. I hold, I hold a bag of Zcash. Bitcoin Cash, as you know, since the, since the fork, I haven't bought any Bitcoin Cash. I hold a bag of Decred, uh, and I think do I have Dash? I don't know if I have Dash or not. I'm pretty sure. I have to check. I'm pretty sure I have Dash. Um, but like a lot of these, you know, I'm betting long on them. I'm betting longer than you know next year, <laughs> right? So like that's why I hold Litecoin, uh, and that's pro- that's one of the main reasons why you know. Um, I hold it. Uh, to me, Litecoin, Zcash, Bitcoin Cash, even even Decred. To me, these these are currencies. To me, that are collectibles in a way. They don't have any value right now. I mean, they do, but I don't necessarily see them as my golden goose. Right? I look at Bitcoin as my golden goose. But when I when I'm holding Litecoin, when I'm holding Bitcoin Cash, Decred, Zcash, when I'm holding these, I look at them like I think in the future they're gonna be they're gonna be worth something because I think in that future where Bitcoin wins, that people are gonna want scarce digital assets and there's just not gonna be enough to go around. And I I, I think if you're holding some of these cryptocurrencies, especially Litecoin, I, I think you're you're in a good you're in a good spot. Uh, and quite frankly, if the CFTC chairman, you know, allows Litecoin and Ethereum and Bitcoin Cash to become commodities next year, well, lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, that pretty much sets it in motion for everything that I'm talking about today. Uh, I might be a bit early, but I feel a lot of people that hold big bags, like major big bags of these cryptocurrencies already know this. They just don't talk about it because they're afraid to get shit on <laughs> by Bitcoin maximalists or, or they're afraid to, you know, take that heat uh, by saying these things. Me, quite frankly, I, I'm just too old for that. I just I just don't care. Like, I'd rather be a contrarian uh, and, and, and know that my my thinking and my logic is based on like sound, firm ground for what a future could look like. Now, if Bitcoin doesn't succeed <laughs> and it does, we don't get million dollar Bitcoins, well, then I don't think this theory holds up at all. But if, if Bitcoin does succeed, like I think it will, and we do get to million dollar Bitcoins and 2.5 million dollar Bitcoins, well, yeah, this, this even makes more sense <laughs> for that world because then people are looking at, oh, what about Bitcoin Cash? What about Litecoin? Does that hold? And then before you know it, those are worth, you know, 100x, 10x from where we're at right now. I mean, that's that's the that's the scenario that we could possibly be in, and that's why I want to want to show it to y'all. Uh, but that's my theory for hard digital assets. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds nuts. But one of these days, when we're looking back at it, you're going to be like, "Man, car, 
was totally ahead of his time. <laughs> or you're going to say, man, Carr, he lost a lot of money holding those cryptocurrencies. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's possibility too. Uh, that's why I don't buy a lot of them, right? That's why I, I've been slowly accumulating them over time. It's to me, it's, it's not a winner take all like Bitcoin. It, to me, that one's like slowly over time, Carr. <laughs> Maybe buy some Litecoin here. <laughs> Maybe buy some Zcash here. Maybe buy some Decred here. You know, that's overtime. It's not going to happen, you know, <laughs> overnight, right? Now, Ethereum, when I look at Ethereum, I really think like that's going to that's gonna spring up this next bull run. I think that's, you know, it's going to spring up. But it's, but even then, if, who knows if Ethereum is going to make it to 2028, right? I mean, so I feel stronger about Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash and Zcash and Decred making it the distance uh, before Ethereum because we just see how many screw-ups Ethereum has, right? I'm just hoping it can make it to the end of this bull run and we can see what it really can do, right? But yeah, this is all highly experimental, highly you know crazy stuff. I wouldn't even look at this unless you're completely sound with your Bitcoin holding stack right now. So if you're not sound with your Bitcoin holding stack, don't listen to anything I just said. The only reason I'm talking about it is because I think people that are already there probably should look at this theory and go out and do some more research on it. You'd be surprised. I think think this holds up. I think it will hold up in a world with million dollar Bitcoins and CBDCs printing out the wazoo. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is why I don't really talk a lot about these crazy theories, <laughs> but I've been on a roll lately with all these other crazy theories. <laughs> and so I was like, well, you know, I think I think this needs to be talked about because I'm sure there's some of y'all that are holding these cryptocurrencies and you either know this already or you're probably just holding them and you're not probably seeing the true value that they could be bringing you eight years from now. Um, and that's where I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking towards the future. Like, what does this look like? Or what does that look like in the future? And when you start visualizing and you start playing it out in your head, you could really start seeing things happen, right? And I, I think in that scenario, I think million dollar, 2.5 million dollar Bitcoin scenario, like, yeah, why wouldn't you be holding Litecoin, um, right? I mean, fast transactions, super cheap. Uh, by then, if it keeps if it keeps going up with every board with Bitcoin, you're looking at at least ten thousand dollar Litecoins, right? I mean, hypothetically, right? I mean, we'll see. But still, interesting ideas there. Okay.